guys want any podcorn? I'd love some popcorn. No, 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 Pete. Uh, podcorn. It's a marketplace for connecting podcasters to sponsorship opportunities. Wait, uh, Podcorn, isn't that who's sponsoring our show right now? Sure is, Justin. Podcorn has a great, easy-to-use interface that lets you search for advertisers for your podcast and lets advertisers search for you. So is there any popcorn or... Wait, wait, so what's the deal? If I use popcorn, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time learning about advertising and dealing with financials, which is like a money word, and selling my soul to sketchy, horrible companies that make me feel like I want to die? No, no, no. The opposite of that. I was actually shocked, and I mean this sincerely. Thanks for being unsincere every time, every moment before this. Well, it's an ad. Anyway, I took barely any time to set up, uh, and then once I did, it was actually fun to click through and find advertisers that might match well with our podcast. The whole interface is simple and straightforward, even for someone not financially minded like me. True. And once you do hook up with an advertiser like, say, Podcorn... I'm hungry. Pete, just... Working with them to craft the right ad is supremely simple, too. You don't have to commit to anything you don't want to do, and you can spend a lot less time looking around for advertisers and more time on making your podcast great. <laughs> yeah, so when do we start making this podcast great? Wow! Wow. <laughs> Anyway, you never give up your rights, and Podcorn is there to help protect you if there are any issues. I really can't recommend it highly enough. And hey, if you want more info, check out the link in our episode description. Once again, that's Podcorn. Podcorn? Podcorn. So is no one else craving popcorn right now? Pete, Pete come, come on. on. Just eat a meal. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as you may know, we are coming to you on a Monday night this week. Oh, this is weird. Yeah. Monday night, man. Uh, Best Monday day of the night. week, I gotta say. What? Yeah. yeah. If I had to rank them, it's Monday and then everything below them. No, I'm like man, an anti Garfield. No way, man. <laughs> yeah. I hate Nobody lasagna. Hates you're, lasagna. You're like Nerful. You're, you're loves Nerful. Yeah, normal. Don't normal. you say? Don't you say that wrong, cat? <laughs> uh, I am like normal in that there was one time we've been doing the show for a while, and you guys know the story. But just to tell everybody, there was one time that Pete mailed me to Abu Dhabi. Just getting that Garfield hype out of the way, getting into the real <laughs> deep, deep Garfield continuity. Oh, I love lasagna. Yeah. yeah. Good, uh, good, now, good. of course, uh, it, we mentioned this on last week's show. We were doing Monday night to avoid Tuesday night, which, of course, is Election Day in America. Feels like everybody's brains are going to be a little more preoccupied with some other stuff other than comics. Not me. Yeah. Not yeah. me. No, I'm, I'm gonna just going to be relaxing and casually watching the news. <laughs> oh, casually. Just glancing over my shoulder. Oh, every once in a while, there's time. Browsing. Yeah, you're Between browsing old issues of Superman and just having a grateful time. You know how it exactly. Yes. So we're doing this Monday Night Show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you're over on the tube, ooh, we love you on the tube. Uh, give us a little bit of a thumbs up there. We always like that. Uh, and if you're on Crowdcast, hello to everybody on Crowdcast. We're going to get your questions later in the show, but we have two great guests for you who came out on oh, Monday. Yeah. Not weird for them. Weird for us to have guests on a Monday. Uh, <laughs> uh, first so one weird. we're going to bring into the stream here, though, is the co-founder of Macroverse, a new comics app. His name is Eben Matthews. Uh, they have a bunch of original series on the apps, including Aliens vs. Parker from Paul Shear. Ladies and gentlemen, Eben Matthews! Hey! hey. hey. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us, Eben. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, how's, how's everyone's apocalypse going? Uh, 
<laughs> based, based on our backdrops, you're thriving, and I'm right at the end. Of <laughs> Moments away. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on our pre-election special, as we of course are referring <laughs> indeed, to indeed. it. Indeed. Uh, fun things. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Macroverse new comics app. Uh, it's a subscription platform, but it's a, yeah. kind of like an all-you-can-eat subscription platform. Is that yeah. right? That's right. Yeah. So you could think of it as sort of a Netflix model for, for, uh, for comics. Yeah. Okay, cool. So how did this start? I mean, obviously at this point, there's a lot of platforms. There's been a lot of tries yep. at platforms for comic, uh, yep. from back in the day. I've, what was it? Zuda? Zuda to now you got Comixology, yeah. Marvel has their own, DC has their own, yeah. um, there's a panel syndicate, a bunch of different things. Yeah. Why Macroverse and what makes it different? Yeah, so I, I love, you know, get to talk about my favorite thing. So I'll give you kind of the very short version of my secret origin, which kind of gets to the answer to that question as well. So I thought I was going to grow up to be a comic artist. That was always my passion. I've been a lifelong mm-hmm. comics fan. So the, the weekly track to the store is kind of embedded in my DNA. Sure, um, sure, yeah. Went to art school, came out of art school, realized I wasn't going to be a professional comics artist. <laughs> I have an illustration degree, but I started a branding and media agency and had that for mm-hmm. about a decade. And so we were kind of right at the height of when Flash was taking over the web and all kind of interactive stuff on the Internet. We, we did some early pioneering uh, experiments with the creator of Choose Your Own Adventure as kind of one project. Oh, yeah. Cool. So like figuring out digital storytelling has always been sort of one of the things that I've been interested in. And so, you know, kind of from that beginning, um, but then storytelling being kind of the foundational piece of it for me. And so I actually segued out of having that agency, which I had for a decade um, when I met my current business partner and creative partner, one of the co-founders of Macroverse who was coming up in film and television. And we both mm-hmm. realized kind of simultaneously, like we were on these career paths, which were great, but also not going to get us where we wanted to go. We were going to spend our lives executing cool stuff for other people, not making the stuff that we wanted to make. Um, right. So we started a company together and this brought us into kind of new media and we were, you know, in the kind of traditional entertainment space. Uh, but we found our niche in the video game world, making cinematics and cutscenes for kind of the mid tier console game. And so we were awesome. one of the, one of the pioneers of the whole motion comics thing, which some people will love us for. Some people will hate us for <laughs> um, both are valid. Um, <laughs> but we would in and write, direct and produce these story content for these games. And so we were able to kind of jump to the other side of the equation by doing that. And then right around in that time period, I met the uh, director and creator of a movie franchise called the Boondock Saints, which some people will recognize. So lots of fun. As soon as I saw that movie and met Troy, um, I thought, you know, this should be a comic series. These guys are, you know, vigilante superheroes and the second movie was coming out. And so I went, kind of back into the comics world and took it on myself to go, how can we make this a comic series? And so I put that together as a graphic novel. Uh, we met up with our, our now very good friends at 12 gauge comics who published their image. Um, and so we did boondock saints as a comic series. And that brought me back 
into kind of the direct market, the the whole kind of scene, you know, I kind of fell back in love with the whole thing. And that was also about the time where Comixology was starting to kind of pioneer what they were doing and, you know, graphically was trying to do their thing. Like all these, you know, different platforms were kind of getting off the ground. And so having the best possible experience in indie, quote unquote, indie publishing with Boondock Saints. So we're like, you know, doing the whole convention circuit, doing signings all over the place, pre Walking Dead, Norman Reedus, you know, we're in, we're in Seattle with like a line shutting down the convention center. Nobody knows why. Like, what are all these people with tattoos all over their body? Uh, <laughs> amazing experience. And I came out of that going like, I love this medium. I love this art form. I'll always love it. And fundamentally what I've came out of that experience going, you know, there are some real challenges in the direct market and even more so now than there were then in some ways. And especially as an independent creator, as someone that wants to kind of be in charge of her own material, I just saw an opportunity there. And so we didn't know it was going to be Macroverse, but we started kind of experimenting with what would it be. And so about two years ago, we landed on two things, which is why we decided to really do this. So number one, as creators, like the thing we wanted didn't exist. (laughs) And number two, we thought once we figured it out for ourselves, that other people would be into it too. And so a long way of coming around to answering the question of what are we doing and why is it different? Uh, (laughs) So fundamentally as a creative medium, we felt like we need to be true to the spirit of what comics are. It needs to be art and and text, the juxtaposition of art and text. That's what kind of fundamentally makes good. Good. That's right. That is accurate. So unlike other platforms, which have tried to like bolt on animation or transitions or sound effects or these other things, which are kind of like cool for about a minute and a half, we first of all felt like, let's not do that. Let's do what comics are, but reimagine them for digital and mobile. And so fundamentally, one of the big distinctions is we're, we're a phone platform. So we realized 90% of the people out there consuming media on a digital vice, device, it's mostly through the phone. And so as, as much as we love kind of like, you know, bigger art on an iPad, if you're in, in, in a digital world, that's sure, great. Yeah. But the audience is, is the phone. And so if the audience is the phone, if you embrace that as sort of the conceit that you're starting with, how do you make that great? And, you know, no, no, uh, you know, no offense to Comixology or anybody else, but, you know, it's not great on your phone. It's, yeah, okay. it's a lot of. Great. A lot of this. Yeah, a lot of this. A lot of this, right? <laughs> and I, these, I need all these fingers for other stuff. I can't be. <laughs> exactly. So, so from a creative standpoint, that was where we started. It was like, what would this want to be for us as storytellers, as creators, as people that want to make stuff? Um, we have our own series on the platform called Dead Town, which we started with. So this is our kind of proof of concept for what this all should be, as well as a story that we wanted to tell. And so figuring out, like, how do you custom craft these things? So they're really just a fantastic experience on the phone. And what we landed on is this tap through format. So if anyone hasn't had a chance to see the app, it's a sort of a we kind of sometimes describe it as sort of a combination between comics and animatic in the animation world. So it's like every time you tap something on the screen changes. So it's not the endless scroll. It's not the guided view that Comixology has. It's really a crafted experience. So so it allows us as storytellers and the other creators that we're working with to think about time as an element in the storytelling. So again, still fundamentally comics, no animation, no bells and whistles beyond art and, and letters or art and text. But you can think about how you're moving through a scene, how you're connecting different thing exactly <laughs> um wow if you, if you tap 
through. So if you're in this PDF, instead of like scrolling through the pages, you'll get sort of a simulation of what this looks like. So every time you tap the screen, this changes. Um, this is one of our latest releases from a phenomenal creator named Jason Brubaker. Yeah, I love that. It's it's awesome. He's awesome. Um, so you can kind of get this more cinematic experience that really feels native to the phone. So I also feel like in that the art itself is very, very good. Uh, the way it's laid out specifically yeah. for phone, that vertical feel, very cool. That's right. Exactly. So again, not trying to shoehorn something that wasn't meant to be this into this, but really considering you know what does this form factor do really well. And then leaning into those things. And so it allows us to do things creatively like remix the way that you're moving through a sequence or a scene. It doesn't have to be panel one, panel two. It can be panel one, panel two, panel one A or one B. Like you can have reactions between different panels or you can do dialogue across, uh, you know, between characters in a more natural way, in a more cinematic way. So there's some real creative opportunities there. It sounds like, based on your description, that you've had to do the dance yeah. of uh, animatics versus motion comics and all that. And I I know everyone's very angry yeah. about that, and I, I've never understood that. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, it's all comics to me, and it's you, you're yeah, sacrificing yeah. a little bit of the, the pacing, um, which I yeah. think is sort of the unique quality of reading a comic. That you're in charge of yeah. the pace you want to read it at, and you want to take a, more time on a different panel. So yeah. I do think your, your model really uh, keeps that that sacrosanct uh, thing there, which yeah. is good. Yeah. And that, that was exactly it. I mean, and we tried all kinds of things because we had made motion comics and all that, all that other stuff. I mean, a lot of our early prototypes actually look a lot like what made fire does. Cause that was sort of the initial, I think that's the initial impulse is like add stuff to it. Um, but you know, we ultimately kind of backed away from that in favor of that idea that you're in control of the pacing of the story and that the person that's creating the story has some control over the pacing of the story. So if you're going from point A to point B, you can do that in three taps. You can do that in 30 taps. And that's going to have a different impact for the reader. And so you have that kind of new level of interactivity or control in the storytelling, which just adds a different level of of dynamic uh, storytelling to it. So so that was the creative side. And then just real quickly on the business side, what we wanted as creators and what we thought about is that in the digital comics world, there's really nothing that's followed what the rest of media is doing. And if you especially look now, it's a streaming model. Like the world has become about streaming. The world has become about access, not ownership. Um, and so, you know, we really kind of have taken cues from what the rest of the media landscape has done. And then it's sort of a combination of a Spotify model um, with a kind of premier, a premium subscription model. So the revenue that comes in very transparently kind of split up and divided amongst the creators based on readership. So it becomes a very democratic way to actually really understand like what's the value of this, what's it doing, what's the revenue being generated from it. So it's really designed again, sort of to be the thing that we wanted that didn't exist. And, you know, working in new media, that was always our biggest complaint. It's kind of the biggest complaint we've heard from, you know, creators on other platforms. It's very hard to actually understand what's really happening here. Like, you know, okay, this thing has a hundred thousand readers. What does that mean? Um, (laughs) so so those were all the problems that we were out to solve and so far it's going really well we really kind of love it so nice yeah uh i mean this sounds like this isn't necessarily a problem that you have but everything's vertical right like you don't turn the phone sideways and then suddenly the paddle switch or anything like that correct yeah 
Yeah. So we, you know, a lot of what we've done, and this is again, just, you know, myself, my, I mentioned Adam, who was the, my first partner coming up in film and TV. He's my writing partner. Our third co-founder is a guy named Ricky who has been in the video game industry for his whole career. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, we have all done in all the various mediums that we've worked in and we kind of encourage people to do is just embrace the constraints of the thing that you're doing. So rather than fighting against those things, lean into those things and make them strengths. And so, you know, that's a great example. Like we thought about, you know, should it have that rotation capability or do you want enough to landscape? And that's the thing. It's like, you know, if you really embrace like this is the form factor and this is how we think this works, then you actually open up more opportunities. Yes. Don't quibby this. Don't quibby it. (laughs) Exactly. We're not we're not quibbying it. Yeah. I think I'm using that term correctly now. Yeah, you are. I I need the galactic mistake. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's listening to a troll song and uh, I read today crying in a staircase. Apparently that's something that happened pretty regularly there. So sad times. Sad times. I mean on the limitations thing. Yeah. particularly with more trained comic book artists other than the aspect ratios is there anything that you found has particular particularly had them like run their heads into the wall like but that's not how comics work Uh, not really i think it's kind of been the opposite of people kind of really embracing the opportunities to try some new stuff um you know we've got a mix of stuff on the platform some of it's completely custom made for macroverse from day one a good portion of it is stuff that we've worked with people to adapt or that we've taken on to adapt depending on kind of where they've come into the the conversation um so even phobos which you showed like you know jason makes that really for print and then we work with him with all of his kind of layered photoshop files to kind of reconfigure it for the phone um, and that's what we're finding a, a good portion of people that we're working with they're doing. And we actually really love that because I think, in my opinion, the market's going to kind of do two things. You're going to have kind of the mass market, which I believe is going to continue to evolve and become more and more digital uh, for a larger and larger percentage of the audience. And then you've got the collector's uh, market. And I'm one of those people as well, where it's like, if I love something, I want that beautiful hardcover edition. Um, but if I've already read it on an iPad, I'm actually kind of less likely to want that, uh, you know, beautiful yeah. hardcover. Whereas I think this kind of is both sides of the equation. You can get this very easy access to like, you know, easily consumable, you know, mobile thing, its own experience. It's a different format. And then I love this and I want the collectible, like here's a way to go do that. So, you know, it's one of the things we've learned working with Jason, just as an example is, you know, his whole personal business is creating, you know, he, he mostly uses Kickstarter to do these very, you know, high end hardcover graphic novels and so phobos you know we're we're the we're now the exclusive digital home for all of this content but you can buy his catalog of material in hardcover uh, if you want to do that and we think they're a very complimentary um you know two sides of the coin essentially so i know this is what uh, comiXology certainly does a lot because they're working with a lot of different distributors but have you gotten any interest in porting previously created comics over Mm -hmm. onto the platform yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're doing a decent amount of that, actually. So we've got uh, okay. even the Boondock Saints series that I mentioned, for example, like we've you know, yeah. re- reconfigured that for Macroverse. And, and uh, it, it breaks down about 50-50 at this point with new people coming onto the platform where we're either working with them directly to adapt existing, adapt existing material um, or creating something completely new. So we're, we're kind of half and half at this point. 
Yeah. Nice. This is a entirely different project, but I wanted to yeah. ask you about it anyway. You yeah, recently yeah. worked on the Creep Show animated yes. special that was on Shutter, <laughs> uh, which yeah, very cool because uh, for those who don't know, it had celeb voices. Yeah, Joey King yeah. and Kiefer yeah. Sutherland yeah. Uh, yeah. do stories. One by Joe Hill. We're big fans of Joe Hill here on the podcast. Love Lock and Key. Yeah, uh, but this is from one of his short stories from I think Throttle. Uh, mm-hmm. Twittering for the Circus of the Dead, and there's a Stephen King story as well. Yeah. Um, very cool, but it seemed like this project came together crazy quickly. Uh, right? Ridiculously quickly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so actually, I'll, I'll tell you guys something we haven't said uh, anywhere else. So here's an here's a exclusive. Yes, exclusive journalist. <laughs> we are journalists. Yeah. So Adam and I, you know, we were doing all this motion comic stuff for quite a while, again, mostly kind of in the video game world, but we, we did some other stuff as well. And um, we had, when we started Macroverse now about two years ago, we really set all that aside. Like we put a hundred percent into like, this is what we're doing now. This is the thing. And one of the people that we met was uh, uh, actually going all the way back to my college days, uh, a guy named Eric Calderon, who was running the MTV animation at that point. Um, and uh, he, he and I kind of stayed in touch and he had moved over to become the head of studio at this company called Octopi, which is the animation division oh, yeah. for the Russo brothers uh, yeah. company, Agbo. And um, so we had stayed in touch and, you know, just kind of kept up with what he, each of us was doing. Eric has actually since moved on onto his kind of next adventure. But as he left, the other co-founder, one of the other co-founders of Octopi gave us a call and was like, hey, we're, we got this creep show thing. Like, we know that you guys have done all this motion comic stuff, given our time and budget, like, we don't quite know how to do it, but we think maybe you guys do. And like a year earlier, this would have been like, dancing in the streets like dream come true project like you know anything to like do this kind of a, of a show with all this work that we had done into kind of figuring this stuff out but now we're like in macroverse world in the app world you know building the platform <laughs> and we literally like adam and i literally had to get off the off that call and go like do we want to do this like is this is this <laughs> worth it are we going to be Isn't able that to how it goes like still like still do this <laughs> thing that we really want to build and so we really had this like you know day of like this is amazing, but are we crazy? And like, can we, and the time and the budget and like all that stuff. And finally, we're just like, we can't not do this. It's Greg Nicotero. It's Stephen King. It's Joe Hill. It's, you know, it's a chance to kind of build this thing. And so the result of that is we were able to kind of build an animation pipeline on our end that we're kind of set up to do more, you know, as and when it pops up. So it's, you know, that, that part's actually been amazing. We have this incredible team now that we're able to put together uh, to do this stuff. And then by all means, like I cannot believe that we delivered a 44 minute show in three months. Like it's animated show in three months. We literally turned in our last shot five minutes before it had to go off the shutter. Doesn't that feel great? Doesn't that feel great? Those moments where you're like, I'm dying. I'm dying inside. How do I? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or like, you know, it's been a while since there's been literally no sleep for multiple days at the time but uh wow. well, well, at least yeah, ma- yeah. animation is performed live so yes. uh, that yes, was the right. plus <laughs> thing yeah uh well it's very cool the special is awesome everybody yeah. should check it out it's yeah. really fun so congratulations on that and congratulations yeah. on the macroverse stuff uh, before i let yeah. you go any any particular titles other than the yeah. stuff we talked about that people should check out yeah. if they're interested in checking out macroverse yeah so i mean 
so one thing I will say is, you know, we, we kind of position ourselves as the HBO for comics. Like that's sort of the way we think about it. So real high quality bar. It's not an open platform. We're not YouTube. That's Webtoons. Um, so, you know, we're kind of a different, <laughs> a different philosophy around content. So I love everything that's on there. We've curated everything. But a, a handful that I'll just point out real quickly. So one is we just launched Aliens versus Parker with Paul Shear and yes. Nettie. Awesome. This is a true uh, concept that we had that they jumped on board for called our creators cut. So it's literally them going back to the original series, which came out in 2012. It's the first comic series that they ever wrote. And then being able to take a fresh look at it with, you know, kind of all the experience they've had, the kind of different slight sense of humor, some of the things they weren't able to do for print that we could do in digital. And so it's really kind of a refreshed version of the series, really 100% coming from them, which has been awesome. So it's been really fun to kind of put that together. Um, And then a couple other ones, which I think people should be aware of. So I'll plug my own one more time, Dead Town. But yeah, (laughs) there's a a series called Hex 11, which – is also sort of an it was an indie uh, published book that we picked up and have been adapting for the platform, and it's amazing. It's it's kind of a uh, the the pitch is uh, essentially Harry Potter meets Blade Runner, um, but it's just Ooh. an incredible art style. You know, really fun story. Um, you know, I, I can't believe it doesn't have, you know, a hundred thousand times the audience that it has. So I hope, hopefully we can help build it into that. So I definitely recommend that. And actually the first season of Hex 11 is all free on the app right now. Cause we just launched season, launched season two. Um, so it's a good one to kind of jump in and binge on. And then I'll finally plug another completely original called glitch, which is kind of a YA action adventure series. Um, it's like YA Mad Max. Um, so also, mm, also gosh. a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, and everything on there is great, but those are the ones I would, I would highlight for people. Awesome. So, and is there a free trial for Macroverse at this there point? Is. Yeah. And, you know, please take the free trial. So it's a seven day free trial. <laughs> binge read everything if you don't love it cancel we don't care we just want you to get on there and try it out and uh, we think you'll stick around but get on there and try it out yeah that's awesome awesome yeah evan thank you so much for coming to the show uh good luck with the rest of the week we're all gonna need it Um, (laughs) keep thriving (laughs) keep thriving thanks evan thanks guys all right uh once again that's evan matthews he's the co-founder of macroverse which you check out on both iOS and Android, as mentioned. Seven day free trial, and then I believe it's four ninety nine. Seven days, seven days, just like the ring, just like the ring. Except you, oh. you just have more comics at the end. Um, and right. what a great so, time to do it right now! A great time yeah. distraction. Yeah, try it tomorrow, and uh, that'll keep you busy for a couple of hours. Uh, and also, uh, the Creep Show animated special, which is a ton of fun, is on Shutter now. If you're one of the few lucky people who also has AMC Plus, you actually have all of Shutter's con- uh, content. Most people don't have AMC Plus. I think you yeah, need to have like iRabbit. Uh, you, no, 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 you, no, you, you, you did have it. You did have it. You had it for a while. You did have I, it. No, that was AMC Premiere. There's AMC oh, Premiere and AMC yeah, Plus. Yeah. They're two different streams. Excuse, excuse. And that was a flex that I paid five bucks a month for. <laughs> yeah, you did. Like it's a still flex. Like it's a box. Because uh, like you, you have boss. to get Walking Dead one day early, and I, I respect that. Oh flex. my god! Uh, I gotta find out what's gonna happen with Daryl. <laughs> I know <laughs> Daryl, um, everyone's favorite. Yes. Well, I, you want to watch the motorcycle like, show where you would drive around the country on motorcycles? Yeah, yeah ride with Norman Reedus. Uh, I don't even really care about Walking Dead. Ride with Norman Reedus is where it is. Uh, the episode where he's riding around with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, those shows will eventually become one show. 
That's a problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of becoming one show, we're going to bring in our second guest here into the stream. Uh, he is the creator of a new Odie press book, which came back in the storied days of October called Smooth City. Uh, his name is Kenny Keel. We're very excited to have him here because Smooth City is a wild ride. It's a cool place to visit. It's a smooth place to visit, and we're excited to chat about it as soon as he pops into the stream. Uh, have you guys ever been to Smooth City? Oh, here's Kenny Gill. Hey! hey! I'm going there right now. What's up? Yo. What's up, Kenny? Hello. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We're excited to chat about Smooth City. Uh, this book has one of uh, the better pitches, pitch lines I've read. Do you want to repeat it for people? It's got a... Sell them on the book. Smooth City is the story of a struggling boy band trying to make it in the treacherous world of 90s R&B. Uh, and what boy band wasn't struggling Love in the it. 90s? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, start at the bottom, and uh, there's, a, there's a glut in the market, let's be honest. A lot of competition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How many boys? Uh, how many of well, us who were, uh, how many of us who were boys in that time were not in a boy band? None of us. Exactly. How many boy bands? Not me. Versus how many boys? Yeah. The ratio is it's, yeah, it's, it's staggering. And that's I that's the struggle. That's that's our eighty percent of boys in the nineties <laughs> were in bands. So where did this start? Where did this uh Obsession might be too strong a word, but where Obsession did this interest in nineties boy bands start? Too weak a word. Wow. <laughs> So, you know, wow. growing up, I'm, I'm from that era, that age, New Jack Swing. Oh, yeah, man. He's R&B. You know, it's just what I, I came up on. I've always had a love for it. It never really left my CD player, and I also <laughs> still have a CD player. Wow. So, yeah, it's wow. not necessarily like a throwback for me. It's just sort of uh, a kind of communicating uh, something that's always been a part of me uh, to an audience. And initially, it started... With me, wanted to, I wanted to do a comic about a boy band that were secretly spies. And when I told my wife, she was like, why don't you just take off that last part? <laughs> because, you know, we're, you know, there's so much, there's just so much there. There's so much music industry shadiness. There's the moral yeah. panic of, you know, the parental advisory sticker moment uh, culturally. Um, uh, the... This shift from this sort of old, uh, older, older person conservative R and B to sort of infusing it with hip hop culture, um, and there's just there's just so much going on at that time that you don't really have to put a whole lot extra on top of it to have an interesting story. So I just really leaned into, um, you know, what I listened to, what I what I read, um, having some uh, experience working in the music industry, sort of on the on the tangents of it all and uh just yeah pouring that into this book that's awesome i mean plus it, boy bands were a big thing and then not much of a thing now i mean i no, guess you well, still get the you get the bts crowd and all that but it's yes yeah, see it's, it's flipped yeah, it's flipped a bit. Roll, buddy yeah yeah so it, i'm not it, i'm not coming for bts hive yeah. here <laughs> just saying it's it's Watch a different thing than it was i don't know what to say about them they're great they're great yeah we, but it's yeah. different, right? It's not what it's yeah, not what Justin, you're doing. Justin, just to be clear, just to clear the air here, Justin is black pink all the way. He's not really into BTS. <laughs> all right. yeah, cool. No comment. Wow. 
I don't know what that means. <laughs> seeing that resurgence and then seeing a lot of, uh, you know, like Bruno Mars, he's basically just took all these Teddy Riley songs and just hit after hit. So, and you see the, the colors and the fashion and all of it's kind of back, but not, you know, it comes back with a change, with a twist. Um, yeah, yeah. So it felt like a good time to just sort of revisit those those vibes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, speaking of those vibes, let's take a look at the book, which is awesome looking. Um, I love the art in this book, and it's so specific as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. Can you talk yeah. us through? Yeah, yeah Pete was delighted when you looked oh, at this. Oh man. Uh, can you talk about the the take on the art, the look of it, and how you approach this? Yeah, I I uh, I wanted to make it not look and feel like anything I had really done before. I think I accomplished that. And I wanted it to, uh, you know, this is emotional music. Like this is for, for uh, you know, growing up at this time, there wasn't a whole lot of media that was telling you uh, it was okay to feel things. But then you could, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Rambo and He-Man and, and then suddenly, you know, that's true. Those songs about, I'm shy. I like to cry. And then so I wanted to kind of <laughs> embrace that. So it's, it's sweet. It's, it's pop. It's, it's, uh, it's simple. The colors are amazing. Crazy. I love I love how the colors came out, um, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted it to sort of feel um, a little bit Archie, uh, you know, having that sort of teen idol kind of feel. A um, little bit, you know, Love and Rockets. A little bit Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, uh, sort of that take on you know, like uh, if you like the comedy stylings of like kid and play movies or you yeah. Know, Wayne's yeah. World, any of those sort of like rise to fame uh, kind of stories uh, that were just mm-hmm. so big at that time. Uh, pajama, jammy, jammy, jam. Um, if you uh, <laughs> can, you give us then your power rankings of uh, '90s boy bands. Ooh, Ooh. Oh, man. top five. I mean, that's, that's a big question, but I feel like I don't know. I don't have an aficionado in my life that could do this, and that's you. You well, you'll have. So the real reason I made this book was so I could get people to finally listen to my playlist. So what you can <laughs> go to the back of the book. That's my long con here. That's my whole agenda. Uh, you can listen <laughs> to a very – look, the book took about two years, and I'm on year three of the playlist. So I'm still working on <laughs> Go on Apple or Spotify. But I'll just say uh, Jodeci, I think, is up there, there with me. Just the yeah. jump from their first album to their second album encompasses so much of like the growth and the evolution um from new jack swing to sort of hip-hop to experimental uh they're way up there for me i loved you know solo acts like tevin campbell um of course they're a boy band but you really can't discount the girl groups um i do have a girl group that they go on tour with in the story so that's sort of my nod to swv escape um gotta give it to new edition as the as the founders of this sort of this new era of boy band. And then uh, as far as like the later stuff, uh, I lean towards, uh, I'm going to take NSYNC over Backstreet. I think that's, I think that's, society has also uh, done that. I think (laughs) if I may. (laughs) Uh, Now I ask this question literally every time we have somebody on the show who does a book about music, but I always think it's interesting to get the answer, particularly because everybody has a slightly different answer about it. Sorry, Pete, Justin, you've been here for several of these shows. No, I you know, a music fun. book. Yeah. You're writing a music book. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but comics don't have audio to them. They have pretty much <laughs> everything else, but they don't have audio. So how do you tackle, how do you get that sense 
of audio out of the book through the art through the writing without people actually hearing the songs yeah i was i was about 85 pages in and then i realized that (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh shit oh man well you guys can't hear this (laughs) oh no yeah i mean that's that's the challenge so what i arrived at um is okay so what's happening in my brain when i hear music uh there's yeah i'm hearing audio but then there's like there's an emotion getting stirred up there's a narrative uh there's maybe i'm visualizing something so i do have those elements i can play with so if i can sort of i can use the body language of the singers you know there was so much choreography you can see the hands they're on their knees begging you can kind of get a feel of what they're feeling yeah um I'm singing it while I'm drawing it. It's probably for the best that no oh, that's awesome. that. But then everybody can kind of hear their own version. So like I've had friends leave me voicemails of just like their rendition of what they think this song sounds like, which has been super cool. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge limitation. I tried to sort of change the lettering so you know the difference between talking and singing. So if they're singing, it's these big bubbly letters with these like vibrations coming off of them, really colorful. And, uh, you know, and if they're talking, it's, you know, word balloon. Right. And, uh, and it's I do think in a performance kind of space, like they'll go on like a, a talent show or something like that. So you can, your, your art style, uh, in the book really captures the vibe, which I think goes yeah. a long way into sort of, uh, the, the sound coming through. So, uh, yeah, I think it works, um, for what you have. Thank you. Have you thought, though, about recording yes. any of the songs? <laughs> as far as it got. Uh, would you have your boys lined oh, up, or okay. do you need... Oh, we're cause... here now. You guys got the microphones. We can, yeah. we can talk later, but I mean... <laughs> and this is Alex's dream for the 14 years of us doing this podcast. <laughs> for This has been my long con. We've been doing the show the entire time. Yeah, All yeah, I wanted to do is yeah, get out of point. There's a wish fulfillment if you... Uh, <laughs> If you've ever felt that way, you can get some escape into that for this book. All four games. Yeah. Uh, now this book has been out. <laughs> this book has been out for a couple of weeks now, so it might be too early to think about this. But now that you've uh, tackled eighties uh, ish boy bands, do you want to push into like later nineties, early two thousands, cool. anything like cool. that? It's definitely, uh, it's definitely a task to make a comic. And you kind of come <laughs> out of it like I'll never do this again. And then you sleep, and then you wake up, and you're like, I got a million ideas for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would love to because this is like it doesn't. Re- I didn't really put like a specific year on it, right? I just sort of, I just call it, you know, uh, a '90s kind of world. It, when I pitched it, I was like, this is between the years of Teddy Riley and Puff Daddy. So you get like a little late '80s, early '90s. That was yeah. my, that was like my elementary, junior high. That <laughs> that kind of wide-eyed era of discovering your thing, your music, you know, and what what you're into, and definitely it would be cool to see how those, how, you know, how the textures change, how the subject matter changes. Yeah, I guess I would ask: Is there anything funny or weird about an aging boy band? Is there uh, <laughs> any sort of fertile ground there for uh, comedy? I don't know. There might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, could, it could be. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about that. It'd be cool. As well. I'm, I've not made these comics. I have not actually written these ideas down, but it would be cool to do like the, 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 the trilogy. And then at the end, they're just old. Flat yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. well, make like a jump forward. So I don't yeah. have to do every year. And then just flashback to. Like, <laughs> yes. That, I think that you got a different knee. Now you're trying to like do the, 
do the old moves. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that choreography man. doesn't pop quite as much as it no. used to. <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, no, we have a comment. We have a comment over here on YouTube I want to read to you. It might be a little bit of an insult, but I want to see if we can confirm and deny. Uh, Bandito740 says, I bet this dude owned no less than five silk shirts in the 90s. Wow. Is that accurate? <laughs> or how many? Are, are less, more, right on target? Oh, I think real, real silk? silk. I think fake, I think fake, fake in the style of silk. A couple silk-ish. Yeah. By the way, I think we all have to answer this question. I don't have to answer that. <laughs> There's no shame in that. Yeah. I had a John B. beard until about two years ago. I mean, look, I did the research. <laughs> yeah, you lived the life. You lived the life. <laughs> yeah. You went in the trenches. I definitely had a couple of those hangies down shirts that don't look good on anybody. <laughs> no. Pete, a, you're wearing one right now, right, that. Pete? It, yeah, they always look wet, exactly. And But they don't, they're just too roomy. They're like bowling vibes. Yeah, yeah. Humid. It's like a humid aesthetic. Yeah. It's something no <laughs> one wants breathable. to be or wants to see. You don't want to be like, yo, I saw this person the other night, so humid. Ooh, mm, beautiful. <laughs> so humid. Oh, we, have, we have a question about the book, uh, probably from the... Uh, panels we showed off. Alex here in the comments, not me, Alex, says, are the Keith Herring guys on Kenny's sweater a boy band? Ooh. Yeah, and, they are now. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I go. mean, that's, that One, is two, legit. Three, four, five, so that's, yeah, that's late 90s formula. <laughs> it was Ninja Turtles. Goofy yeah, guy, was. leader, bad boy, uh, does machines. And then, yeah. <laughs> then that was uh, Chris Kirkpatrick. Chris Kirkpatrick was the one who did Machines, I believe. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. yeah. And then now, and now we're on to like nine. There's like nineteen people. Yeah, now we're on to, yeah, yeah. Very hard to tell what any of them do. Uh, so Smooth City is out now from Oni Press. Came out on October twentieth, I believe. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but are you working on anything else currently beyond that? Anything you want to tease? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> nice great good, good the you. ultimate tease yeah <laughs> just taking just taking a little breather oh yeah All right. it's good Fair that's enough. what i'm doing um taking a breather yeah. Yeah, uh, but the book is great. Uh, it looks great. It's a lot of fun. Everybody should go pick it up in stands. Uh, Kenny, well, don't go to stands. Get it digitally. Stay safe. Uh, but Kenny, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Great, uh, stay freshy, fresh, yeah, man. as we always say. Back at you. Thanks. So okay. Much. Take care, man. You say that. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. Uh, once again, that was Kenny Keel with Smooth yeah. City, a new original graphic novel from Oni Press about our favorite time in. Right? Truth. Guys? Yeah. Musically, that's what I put on when I want to really chill. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember the uh, the cartoon Doug? Yes. Yes. Of course. Where the guy had like that hair that kind of went like that. Like yeah. his he art he reminded remind- it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that like style reminded It's like Doug meets mm. Arsenio Hall is kind of like his comic style. Yeah. Yeah. You should have said that when we were interviewing him. <laughs> that would have been. I don't know if that would have been like an insult to him to be like, how Why dare you? you know, I don't know. Maybe uh, he hated the show Doug. You know, I don't you know. Can, uh, Pete, I don't know if you know this, but you're welcome to ask questions whatever you want. Yeah, oh, I know. Okay. I, Pete, you're a journalist. I know I talk about being a journalist a lot. Like all journalists, they say they're a journalist a lot when in interviews. Um, and you can feel free to chime in at any point. 
Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate the uh, confidence there. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, Kenny in the comment says, I love Doug. I hope it's not weird that I'm still here. Kenny, oh, yeah. Always well, stick yeah, around. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and all of you should stick around for our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience question. <laughs> yeah. And for that, if you're over on the tube, just drop a question over in the comments. We'll get to those and keep an eye on them. Also, once again, give us those thumbs up there. We like that. Uh, if you're on Crowdcast, we already got a bunch of questions here. I assume they're all yeah, political and related. So, uh, let, because this is yeah, we're, we're doing a CNN live hit, uh, so, I think, right after this, right? Where they're going to really ask us. Yeah. Which one of us is the well, Rick Santorum of this podcast? Um, did you guys know, this is a little unsolicited thing. <laughs> you know, I worked at uh, HLN, which is CNN's uh, sister network, for a year. And they would have, as an on-camera talent, and they would have me do live hits. Where they would be like, all right, we're going to talk to these three people about the new Pope. Justin, what do you think about the new Pope? And I was like, and I would make jokes and everything. And they were like, okay. I was like, you hired me to be a comedy person on this garbage network why is this happening but it was it was a wild time and it's yes point, Kevin, Kevin. I am flex- yeah. That's awesome. it's not a flex because it was sad <laughs> <laughs> uh wait before we get into it uh i know it's monday night but we're probably drinking anyway uh, because this is a stressful week uh, what are you drinking pete i don't see you imbibing vodka straight from the bottle tonight what's going on you no i gotta there? finish off these little pieces of shit here these uh Barefoot spritzers, so uh, you know, not going to drink themselves. I love the confidence that you have that you uh, know we're going to talk about what you're drinking, and you still bring these can wines that you've been drinking. I gotta say, for two weeks straight. Uh, I don't. No, I went vodka first, and then into the spritzer. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Nice, Uh, Justin. What you got going on? I've got a little uh, sweet action over here. Oh man, from your boy, sweet action, so good. They call it. They call it a New York City Pale Ale now. I didn't uh, know Mm -hmm. that was what they were doing with it. Interesting. Uh, I picked this up at the beer distributor. Do your uh, yeah. What uh, what clown? What clown (laughs) shit are you drinking tonight? (laughs) So I'll tell you what. This is actually very good. Uh, This is I got it because I had a funny name and we were a day late on it. But it's from Dogfish Head. It's uh, costumes and karaoke. Whoa. From Dogfish Head, Jesus Christ! Dude. How do you how do you do it every week? I, just, I don't know. Wait, it's a imperial cream ale with turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, star anise, oats, cardamom. Wait, just say beans. anise. It has anise? star anise. Okay, yeah, star anise. Get that oats out of my. It's actually beer. very good. <laughs> yeah, there's like you could really taste the oats. Every once in a while, I get a big uh, chunk, like a big oatmeal chunk in there, and mm. it's like. Mwah. Beautiful. I love alcoholic oatmeal. That's what I have in the morning. Really <laughs> it is actually very good. If, you, if anybody who is not a crazy person uh, finds it out there, costumes and karaoke from Dogfish Head Ale. Good stuff. I was very surprised. Uh, let's go to the questions here. Omnia Soul says, "What's oh all right? What's the backstory between Pete and Justin getting Jedi married? I've been listening to the show for <laughs> years, and I know it's referenced often in CBC lore." But I don't remember the marriage story. You guys want to tell this one? Aww. I'm trying to remember why it actually happened. I believe David, comedian David Cope was the guest. I think so. Um, no, there was a, there was a guy uh, was a, uh, wait, oh, a Jedi, not Jedi master. 
But you talking about Larry the, Legend, from, the ring announcer? I don't know what you're talking about, oh, but okay. there was a guest on the show who was from the New York Jedi Society, the people yes. who do like yeah. the displays at uh, or you, I can do the displays at New York Comic Con and other places. The fights. Do the lightsaber battles? Came on the show and said, "I'm actually uh, allowed to Jedi marry people." And so Justin Pete, yes, Alex, you were like, oh, wait, this would be so funny. I'll make Justin and Pete marry each other. No, I feel like Cope was the one that pushed it, if I remember correctly. And then we we did Probably. it um, right there in the moment. And yeah, I remember it was yeah forced upon us, and then we it was it was a beautiful ceremony, and <laughs> the the Jedi honeymoon um, on Lake Como, but in space, was beautiful. Let me say. <laughs> well, thank you. I also had a great time and thought it was beautiful. So it's nice to hear you say that. Uh, we, honey- honeymooned, we honeymooned on a cruise ship where we uh, went to see mo- separate movies and then slept in the same bed at night. One bed, different movies. <laughs> one, bed, one bed, different movies. Uh, that is uh, so accurate. I uh, would like to say, though, the New York Jedi are glorious. I remember the New York Comic Con where we got to see them like, do battles and stuff was amazing. And then we saw one of them propose to the other, and they all held their swords up as they crossed underneath. It was really beautiful. And then they got regular married. And then they got regular married, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we got uh, two people making Was the Marriage Forced on You jokes over on YouTube. I just thought that was fun. You wanted to uh, la- like force push? It was force pushed on us? Forced, oh, yeah, okay. forced. Got you. Uh, no, I, um, I accepted it willingly. Um and later, now, unfortunately, they were both uh, <laughs> emperor, descendants of the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a question from Josh Sinison. I might need more explanation, or maybe you guys know what he's referring to. But he says, y'all talked about hosting auditions a while ago. What are those like? Uh, auditioning for hosting jobs in real life? Or was it a joke we made about having a fourth host that wasn't real? Um, yeah, I mean, we've definitely all been on both side missions. So, uh, Josh, why don't you hit us up in the comments? Let us know which one you're talking about, and we'll answer that question. Um, but Ben the Border Collie says, What comic character do you think best encapsulates each presidential candidate's platform? Keep in mind that Kanye West is already a comic wow. character. Uh, so, it's fair. Um, I mean,. There's a lot of ways to go with this because uh, I think Biden has both uh, Captain America vibes, but also Old Man Logan vibes <laughs> in a lot of ways. So yeah, I'm going to pop these claws well, one old day. Man Captain America vibes. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Uh, and then Trump. Um, that's a tough, uh, tough pull. Um I was listening to an interview uh, with Aaron Sorkin today, uh, and he talks about how it's going to be so hard when people like try to reflect on this era. Trump won't be a main character because you can't have a character in fiction that exists like him because there's no like conscience or empathy. So it's hard for him to exist in a story and unreliable. Like it just doesn't serve a narrative purpose. So it's hard to think of a, a character from comic books that that serves the purpose that he does. 
Modak? Uh, just quick question. When Aaron Sorkin was talking, was he Sorkin <laughs> on a cheesesteak? <laughs> oh, wow. I love it when it comes out of Sorkin nowhere. Sorkin on a cheesesteak. I love cheese it when it day. comes out of nowhere. Uh, Sorkin good, out of cheesesteak. Um, cheese then the Border Collie in the comments says Norman Osborne is a Trump. And I think... Norman Osborne is too deliberate, mm-hmm. is too like mastermindy, and that's just not Trump. Yeah. Trump is truly like a chaos. If if a, a villain was chaotic but also bad at it, uh, and also goofy, like embarrassing, in a lot. Yeah, can I uh, can I use this as a Please. segue, Justin? Is that all right? Okay, uh, so this is a slightly more serious topic, but uh, I was talking to you guys about this beforehand, and if it came up semi-naturally, I figured I'd bring it up. Uh, but we got a letter this week from a fan of the show that specifically addressed politics, and we would talk about that a lot. I figured if there's any time we could talk about this, it's going to be our night before the election show. But this is real. This is not a joke. Um, I wanted to, without referencing his name or anything like that, read his letter and then read because it ties yes. into what you were saying, Justin, if that's all right. Um, so uh, there is some specific about you to say calm <laughs> throughout, uh, but uh, the subject line was not hate mail, Positive. which I thought was very nice actually to couch it that way. Oh. Yeah. Uh, It said, hey, guys, I want to drop a line to say hi and a question just for reference. I'm a local municipal police officer. And contrary to Pete's belief, we don't all just want to kill people. I'm a conservative. And yes, currently that aligns me with Trump, not a racist, fascist bigot. And yes, I still tolerate and laugh at your shows. I love your insight on the comics, the shows, interviews and creators and the like. But here's my question. When Trump wins next week, is your podcast going to be recorded for Greece like the rest of celebrities that are planning on moving? Oh, and Pete, you you kiss my butt and go suck on a cheesesteak, but please don't ever stop signing. Celebrate clean clothes. <laughs> Long time listener from the desert. Uh, so there you go. Relatively speaking, I think like, nice. it, was, it was a very nice letter and I, I felt like it, it deserved a response. Um, I don't know if this did it justice, but uh, I felt like reading this again because this ties into the discussion we were having a couple of weeks back about one of this fans to listen to your show. So I wrote back and said, first of all, thanks for listening and your careful, considerate language throughout this. I appreciate it. That said, I wanted to address the thing about being a Trump supporter. I know I do not know you personally, your beliefs, your stances, whatever. As a listener, I'm guessing you're a comic book fan like me, so let's talk for a second on that level. Imagine for a moment that Marvel introduced directors, a biz man, a self-repressed billionaire who had run for president and won. Now imagine that over the course of four years of storytelling, the character had cozied up to Doctor Doom the High Evolutionary while antagonizing Black Panther and Wakanda. It regularly dismissed the advice of Reed Richards, Tony Stark, and other scientists in favor of conspiracy theories peddled by Arcade. During the last year of his presidency, the legacy virus had spread out of control to the human population, and he dismissed it as, it is what it is, even after 200,000 humans and mutants had died. He promised there was a cure being worked on by Norman Osborne, but so far there was no proof that it even existed. He regularly railed against the writing of the Daily Bugle and called Ben Urich nasty, dismissing any reports from his fake news, and suggested that maybe it wouldn't be terrible if people were violent to him. 
I could go on, and I realize this is comparing a fictional world to a real one, but I think you get my gist here. We've read comics, and without going into it, he paid taxes, abused women, spun racist and misogynist, off on anti-Semitic vitriol. I think there's not much of a way around. If you're reading a comic book character like Trump, you would know he's a bad guy. We're in the real world, so it gets confusing, and other issues entering. I get it. And obviously, up to you, however you vote and what you decide. But if you want to hold true to the ideals taught to us by comics, there's really only one choice, and it's not voting for Trump. Thanks again for listening. Stay to email this far and writing in. So there you go. Uh, I think without elaborating much more, I don't want to attack any listeners who think whatever they think, but like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, think about the lessons that comic books taught you, internalize them and try to apply them to the real world. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good response uh, to, especially it's, I think it's really helpful to take that kind of thing into the fictional world. And I wish we could have that conversation more often because I think one of the reasons why everything is so bad right now is no one can engage with each other about that. And moving into fiction, I think was really helpful. So really good, really good response, Alex. Yeah. I, I just want to say like a couple things. Thanks. Like, it, uh, thanks Alex for, you know, uh, doing that and uh, getting that off your chest. Um, you know, you believe what you're going to believe out there. You know, like somebody can read a story and take away different things. You know, I think we need to be aware that different parts of the country are getting different information. You know, like there are things spun to different people, for people to make them consumed and afraid or whatever the, you know, whatever the reason. But I think that like, you have to be aware of what you stand for and what a vote towards somebody might mean and what people might think of you because of your actions. You have to be aware of what people are for and what this is about. And I know sometimes things come down to money decisions. And I do things because I think money is going to go a different way for me or for whatever. So, like, I respect you and you got to live your life. But it's just hard when there are people out here who aren't getting a fair chance, who aren't seen as equal to others. And when people are hurt and when people are dying and things like that are happening and then people, other people are making money choices or making choices for themselves it's like, hey, you know, we're trying to do some good here. We're trying to make a difference. Try to be on the right side of history. Try to think other than yourself, your gender, your whatever, and, like, try to vote that way and try to make a difference. That if I had a time machine and, you know, could go forward, you know, things would be different. That's some swing state Pete, and I love to hear it. That's good shit right there because Pete voted, and that's a real vote. Yeah. <laughs> that's a vote that counts so fucking hard i think i said the same thing last week that's like an infinity that's an infinity stone of uh, a vote <laughs> uh ben the border college says uh someone get this man a cheesesteak could not agree more uh hope he is busy eating it uh, okay, here we go. Uh, this is from uh, Josh. <laughs> what this is My wife wants French toast for dinner, and since what? Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. We just back to It was a dramatic pause. Oh, there yes, we go. That's okay. the way we're. It was a dramatic pause, and you, then nothing happened. You paused in the middle of it. It, it was. Like a, it was a faint. Find- 
It was a feint like that he, I was doing there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. felt like you were trying to find the button. I know. Hit it. it was all on purpose. It was all acting. It was acting. Sure. I was acting. Sure, sure. Uh, Josh Susan says, my wife wants French toast for dinner, and since most everyone has a French toast secret ingredient, what is yours? Ooh. Great question. If you're going to come to anybody to find out what goes in French toast, what is it, Justin? Oh, wow. Great. Uh, it's all about the, <laughs> for me, it's all about the bread. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to choose like a, uh, I use like an Italian bread, um, uh, which I know is like perhaps a little controversial. And then, of course, using 100% light maple syrup. 100%. Yeah. Uh, it, you got it. It's got it. The syrup mm-hmm. is like the big. Um, yeah, I don't. I wish I was better at making French toast. And now that you say that, I, I just wanted to say French toast for dinner. Love it. You don't have to just have it for breakfast. Have it for any time you want. That's great. Yeah. Well, what would you guys say? What's your ingredient? <laughs> you, don't, you just don't do it, Pete? I, I would have to do it more to be able to say an ingredient or whatever. Uh, straight bullet dropping a recipe right in the comments. I mean, Heavy I, cream. Heavy cream, light milk, half yolks, half whole eggs, cinnamon, yeah. nutmeg, sugar. Use baguette. Use baguette. I'm going to get that tattooed mm-hmm. on my arm. Use baguette. <laughs> Use baguette. Use baguette. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to make it for myself or my wife, that's a different story. Generally, when I'm making it for my daughter, she loves French toast for breakfast. I'm trying to make it quickly and simply. So I'll just use some cinnamon oh, raisin bread. Yeah, yeah, fuck your kid. Maybe, maybe take a little bit of time, Alex. Maybe yeah. take a little time. You're like, you shit out a bunch of French toast. I use a piece of shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. No, it's uh, one yolk, uh, splash of milk, um, Cinnamon, a little bit of nutmeg, two scoops of sugar, uh, and that's pretty much it. And then, isn't uh, that your beer that you're drinking? Bread and cook it up. That's the beer <laughs> you're drinking butter. right now. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. I'll give this beer to her tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. That's breakfast. Daddy's. Here we go. We breakfast. got a question over on YouTube from Nelson Martinez. Uh, what do you guys look forward to most in the final series of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? I'm not ready for it. I just- Hmm. I don't know, a surprise pickup? <laughs> that would be great. Wow. Um, I mean, I do think they're going to have to bring the whole thing to a close in an aggressive uh, time frame, which uh, I'm sort of excited by that. The show always moves quickly, and so I feel like they have it in them to bring this to a close in a great way. Yeah, I hope they uh, have fun with it in the last season. It's been a great ride, so hopefully it continues to be so. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully it goes out on a high note. We'll see what hobbies. <laughs> great. Uh, this is from Hollywood Homer. How often do you look at the podcast metrics, like percentage of who listens uh, to the end, most popular app to listen to the speeds they listen to, the most popular area for listeners, the most remote area of listeners or listener. Um, I, I Alex is the numbers the demographics guy. a little bit. We don't necessarily, I am the numbers guy. I, I don't think we cater to it if that's what you're getting to. Uh, but uh, the majority of our listeners are in English speaking <laughs> countries, which I think makes sense. Um, demographics are pretty nicely split in terms of gender, uh, age also, uh, I don't know. It's different. I mean, if you want to compare podcasts, I think that's where it's not surprising, but different certain like 
Our Riverdale podcast is majority female and much younger than, say, yeah. our comic book podcast. Hashtag Barchi stands. Let's do this. To right now. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Don't you ruin this. I have some very anecdotal evidence. Um, I was once doing a show in Homer, Alaska. And after the show, in the front row, a dude was like, comic book club. <laughs> I was like, yo, did not see flex, you coming. Dude. Flex. Wow. That, that's that's awesome. a flex for all of us. Uh, but I don't particularly, I don't know if any of them are watching right now, uh, but particularly on YouTube, uh, we have a lot of international listeners. I believe we have some in Crowdcast as well. Um, and that's always awesome. We yeah. love that. I mean, obviously, we love people in the United States as well, but it's always very surprising to me when somebody, I'm from Philly and I love your show. That's I don't. Well, and that's that. that's one thing I think so, we missed about the live show cool. is we would um, always have people dropping in. Oh, yeah, like, that was the best. I mean, Pete's favorite story is the woman, the girl who brought her yeah, whole family, a- and the whole family was like, "What the fuck is this?" And she they was like, these, "Shut like, up! I love this." M and M bags, and like they've been to Times Square, and they were all exhausted, and one girl was just like loving it, while everybody else was so. Like, uh, it was so great. And then afterwards, she was so nice to us. It was really kind of a cool moment. Yeah. Uh, Before I pop up this next question, how much do we care about Mandalorian spoilers? Uh, I'm fine. You're fine? Man. All right. Here we go. We're going to, I'm going to pump this one up then. If you don't want Mandalorian spoilers, look away. But in relation to the Tusken Raiders in Friday's Mandalorian episode, spoilers, I guess, what's a person place thing from Star Wars that you'd like uh, the Mando to spend an episode exploring? Hmm. Where does Mando need to go? I would love to see him at uh, Justin and Pete's honeymoon. I think that would be fun. <laughs> Uh, there's room uh, in the bed. There's room in the bed for and for uh, for Mando. Yeah, I mean, what's exciting is dead. we might get to see. Uh, we might get to see like more uh, kind of like different Jedi stuff and their kind of maybe origin. That's not. That's more Yoda kind of focus, which could be interesting. Uh, but I was always like a Han and Chewie guy. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I would love to see some, like, I don't know, just some chewy stuff would be cool. Just some chewy stuff. Um, like nougat, like nougat. Uh, maybe this is a controversial answer, but I want Mando to not go toward the rest of the Star Wars stuff. I want Mando yes. to be doing his own thing. I don't need to see a whole, in- cause I, I do think that's when a lot of the Star Wars stuff gets a little mushy is when everything starts to mean something uh, to everybody else. And so keeping him on his own track, I think, is lovely. Uh, I agree. As much as I thought this week's episode was well done, them going back to Tatooine again, I was like, come on, fuck you, man. There's other places. There's other places you can Dude, come on. We're a a moon uh, for a, a planet that was like, hey, no one goes here. It sucks here. People show up there a lot. (laughs) <laughs> there's only three cities let's go back there again yeah. it's so cool to see him on the speeder bike man i'm just saying that was fucking really he cool he'd be on a cedar bike anywhere he'd be on they had them on endor as well pete yeah come on that whole fuck you man that whole thing was cool about the sarlacc pit come on sure that's fine um Fight. kevin says never, never good enough for you it is never good enough. It was like the, uh, what you call it, the episode for the first season with the mud horn. 
except larger. Uh, if there was one element you could scrub out of a favorite comic character's mythos other than Frankencastle, what would it be? Also, who wants a hint? Ooh. <laughs> oh, sure. To Kevin's yes. Yes. secret quiz. Give us another hint. It's us. like five yeah. words. We, we definitely... We Here's the thing. We need a hint. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it yeah, is. We have no idea what's going on. Because uh, Kevin has a Kev- secret quiz running that is um, about uh, 70s uh, cartoons, and we don't, we don't have that yet. We're not there yet. Hmm. Uh, but that said, if you could scrub something out of your favorite comic character's mythos, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll answer because I have uh, a very specific one. But the thing where they had Cypher knew the language of fighting, that annoyed me. That annoyed me a lot. And I was, they have scrubbed that out. Like, they've specifically gotten that, rid of that. He does not do that in X of Swords or anything now. He, he's actively but, known as a not a good fighter. Yes. Um, but that thing was, I think, a bad choice. I understand why they made it. But it was something that just went against what the character is. Mm. Um, I guess uh, my favorite character being Starman. Um, the way the series ended to me was uh, not not my favorite. Like where he uh, he's raising his son and he gives up being a superhero and seems sort of disillusioned by it all in a weird way. And I wish they sort of left the door open a little bit more. Not that they would have to come back to it, but... <clears throat> Just he, he felt like less of a hero at the end to me. Pete, what about you? Other I, than Frank and Castle. Yeah, I mean, I've just got my classic go-tos. I don't really have... Uh, Give us a know, fresh one. I, uh, I, you know, make Cyclops, Cyclops better. Like um, if Punisher, Punisher, Punisher should have squirt guns. <laughs> nope, no, he shouldn't. Paintball. Yeah. Wolverine should have no claws. No, they did that for a while. They replaced it with bone. It wasn't that cool. Mm. Um, it was. Uh, that's pretty cool. Mm. Say bone claw to the average guy on the street. He's going to love it. He's also going to be like, yo, wear a mask. <laughs> bone claw is ready. Bone claw. Bone claw is ready. A uh, bunch of, wow, a bunch of questions here from Hollywood Homer. Um, here we go. How will comics change since the digital subscription is the future, like more vertical and horizontal rectangle paddles for phones, tablets, TV screens, or computer screens? Um, I feel like we've been talking about this for 14 years at this point, and nothing much has changed. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? I do think um, the pandemic may actually be a little bit more of a spur. Um, I think, I mean, we talk about this a lot, like you said, Alex, like the number of people buying comics is at a pretty specific and almost stable level. And it's pretty obvious what, what they're buying. So the comics that are going to change are the ones that people are going to start are more and more buying, which are the ones in bookstores and everything like that. So I think that may spur on the change toward, uh, toward a more digital friendly panel. But like, uh, uh, when looking at the macroverse stuff, like, that looks good. And to be able to read a comic on your phone that fits is a great. It takes away the barrier to entry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you guys don't like being able to turn the phones. It seemed like in the interview or whatever, but like, you know, they're messing around with stuff. I'm sure a couple of years from now, it's going to be crazy 
compared to what's going on now. But like, I mean, I would just love to be able to put on VR glasses and like make it feel like I'm holding a real comic and then be able to read it. You know, wait a second, oh, real quick, real quick. You want to put you want to put on VR glasses to make it feel like you're holding a comic. Yeah, yeah. But you're in right now in real life. You can hold a comic and I could go and like pick a comic out and read it. Yeah, but no, I'm just saying like imagine putting on VR glasses and then being able to go and do that. You know. Uh, let me tell you, Pete, you need to imagine a little harder. <laughs> I would say imagine beyond doing the thing that you already can do right now. <laughs> have, you, have you, Pete, have you played Microsoft's reading simulator? Because it's very cool. It's, it's a roller coaster. Lost me at Microsoft. Yeah, because uh, uh, you, you have Google glasses, but they're just regular glasses, and you put them on and you just read a book. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, two more, and then I think we're going to uh, wrap up here with the question part. Um, Pablo uh, asked in an interesting way, uh, but uh, Sean Connery, of course, passed away um, earlier this week, uh, yep. late last week. I don't know. I was off for a couple of days, so I kind of lost track of time. But um, any fun? <laughs> I was off. I was off work Thursday and Friday. I see. I thought you meant like off, like how milk goes. Yeah, he's just flexing about how you can take days off. Yeah, I, I curdled for a couple of days. It's not a big <laughs> deal. Mean, Don't ask any questions. That made more sense than being off work. Everyone's working every minute of the day, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, no, I mostly played uh, Breath of the Wild with my son. It was very nice. Aw. It's yeah, and, um, f- and you were fucking up your daughter's uh, French toast, right? Yeah, and then you were just French like, yeah, taking like, garbage. Eat, bread eat the shit. Yeah. Eat it. <laughs> Dad, that's not uh, bread. Sean, that's not bread. Those are saltines that you dipped in egg. <laughs> eat it. No, that sounds delicious. Yeah, my kids uh, would definitely eat that because they're not specific about food at all. No. Uh, let's talk about Sean Connery. Do you have any specific favorite movies or memories of the bad? Pete, I'm sure uh, you have a- well, I mean, uh, I'm you know a fan of his uh, work. He did a lot of great stuff. Um, uh, and name uh, one movie. It sounds like you don't have any idea who he is right now. <laughs> You're talking about he's James Bond. I'm a fan of him. He's uh, a great he was, guy. He was Stifler in American Pie. Right? Uh, I, <laughs> I love the way he dragged that cub after the party. Yeah, uh, Highlander. Uh, but also, like, I'm a whore, I'm one of my guilty pleasures is uh, finding Forrester. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Pete, you truly are a man of the people. Uh, oh, it's I, really embarrassing, but I like Finding Forrester. <laughs> well, it is. It's a widely made fun of movie. No, everyone I just guess. does a quote. I. Uh, it's a the, widely not remembered movie. Uh, I yes. watched it. I just watched it a couple of days ago. You say that about. <laughs> you say that about every movie. I just and maybe I you are watching that many movies. And that's am. fine. But truly, whenever a movie comes up, you're like, I just watched it. I'm like, okay, yeah. flex. Uh, I got a it, Sean Connery and in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is oh, my yeah. most yeah. memorable. Uh, I mean, I w- grew up watching all the James we Bond named movies. All Indiana, but just the like pound for pound, line for line, just killer. Uh, that movie is so one of my favorite movies. Uh, when he uh, uses umbrella to to get the birds to fly up the seagulls into the plane and let my armies be the rocks and the birds and the animals around. I was like, it's just great shit. No, and if I was to pick one, 
Uh, I would probably say Finding Forrester, I think. <laughs> wow. Come on, cool. give, give us your favorite Don't movie. Disrespect give us your... the man after he died. I mean, come give on. us your favorite quote from Finding Forrester, Alex. Yeah. You're it's the your... man now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Nobody remembers Finding Forrester except for that one phrase. No, 100%. there's I'm that one in the back, two up from the left. Yeah. When he points cool. the um, on the wall, I don't know. I don't know if it's still up. This is definitely not my favorite movie, but uh, my favorite thing is that they left up the website for entrapment for like two decades. So if you really wanted to, you can go back and watch the trailer, the postage stamp size trailer of entrapment on their original website. Um, but uh, you know, James Bond, he was James Bond, other than uh, last first season, night, obviously, first night, first night, uh, Xanadu. Highlander, as you mentioned, is great. Highlander 2, The Quickening, also pretty good. Um, and yeah, now that Sean Connery's dead, is he eligible to replace Robin Williams' as, like, dead icon uh, quiz? You know, oh. There's a lot of consideration to go into that, so. Oh, I do want to no, mention I'm not that I'm kind of yet. embarrassed, because yeah. my two yes, favorite Sean Connery keys. movies, uh, Ramsey Hassan mentioned them in the comments on YouTube, The Untouchables and The Rock. Those are course, yes. two fantastic movies. Oh, The Rock Absolutely. is the right. Welcome uh, to The Rock. It <laughs> <laughs> still seems like maybe you don't know who he is. <laughs> exactly. It, it sounds like you're just guessing what the quote of the movie oh, was. No <laughs> I love that. Oh, he's in Fighting Forrester. I'm going to find you, find you, Forrester. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry I jumped on you. Uh, last question here we'll get to. This is from Eduardo. Uh, any favorite appearances of politicians in comics? I guess real politicians. There's the Barack Obama Spider-Man comic a couple of years back. Yes, That's fun. famously. Um, trying to think of what other... Uh, Abe Lincoln, like Vampire Hunter, like there was some fun stuff with that. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. Controversial politician. <laughs> I mean, I will say, if we're going to go that route, uh, the Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn's Deadpool arm oh, yeah. with all the presidents fun. was very funny. super fun. Uh, Action Presidents, a uh, very funny book. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, when Tim Kaine replaced Wolverine for six to eight months, I believe that was pretty cool. <laughs> Edgy. Oh, Let me dig, dig uh, deep yeah. into some. Uh, all right. You know what? I'll tell you what. That's it for audience questions. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for sending them in. You're all Thank awesome. You. And now we're going to move on to our next section, which, as we all know, is Robin Williams theme trivia. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. We got first hand up guy. No, he had ex presidents. Uh, Yosin, hand it up. Hand it up. You want to NHP or are you just going to say some stuff? Yeah, usually you introduce this as the oh, yeah, star. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Wait, are right, you still so. the star of trivia or have you given up the role? No, the uh, who invite is the star of trivia. I'm not the star of trivia. But it sounds oh, like okay. you're still Well, you're anyway, more... you can uh, win a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Uh, we've invited Yosin here into the stream. Pete's going to run some trivia. I assume it's going to be based on politics and the election 2020 who would you choose? The first question, of course, is going to be uh, who should win the presidency. Second question, vice presidency. Yosin, welcome yeah. to the show. Yosin, what's up, man? Woo! I finally get to be part of the show. Yay! Yes. Welcome. Let's do this. 
All right, so uh, how this is going to work is I'm going to read you a question, listen to all three possible answers, get all three questions right, and $25 will be yours in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. All right, let's do this. And today's trivia is on topical comic news. Oh, yes. I just won a huge bet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question number one. DC Future State will de- debut as part of a gender swap version of which team? Is it A, Team Titans, B, Team Full of Flashes, or is it C, Owen Wilson? So it's either A. Okay. Not A. It's no, B. Pick a. A, yo, you would it's A. It's A. I'm trying to right, right. narrow it down. Yes. Uh, all right, great. <laughs> I knew it. Go. Question number two. In the new Batman number 102, what is the name of the new villain? Is it A, Ghostmaker, B, Powdered Toastman, or is it C, Rebel Wilson? So it's either A. A? That is correct. There you go. Don't overthink these. Yes, good. Powdered Toastman, not related. Here we go. Question number three. Nothing gets past you, Justin. All right, here we go. Question number three. Who is drawing their own variant in King in Black number one? Is it A, Ted Underhill, B, Danny Cates, or is it C, Judy Wilson? So it's, (laughs) I'm sorry, it's Donny Cates. That's correct. I've been drinking. It's a Monday. So it's either A, don't pick it, or it's B, Donny Cates. B. I'm going to go with that. Nice. You are correct. And as always... Kevin is correct. Secret of the Tomb is the movie. That is the secret Robin Williams movie. Uh, Yozen, thank you so much for coming to the show. Shoot us an thank email, comicbookclublivegmail.com. You're going to $25 to Midtown Comics. You're awesome. You really threaded the needle, Yosin. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right. Later. Have a good night. Uh, and great job, Pete. Great job on that, as uh, always. Uh, how many... How many, How many more? more Robin Williams movies at this point? I don't know. You know, sometimes uh, you got to just dig a little harder than others. But we'll see. We'll see how long we can keep this going. Can you shut it down? Is there any possibility we could move on from Robin Williams? Let me speak. Let me speak for the fans. I feel like you're gonna miss it if we move on. You know what I mean? No, I just when no, you say I don't think so. when you say the Robin Williams movie, and it's a series of random words that I've never heard together before. <laughs> you never heard. Say, of- You've never heard of Night at the Museum? Never heard of that movie? No, I, that isn't. That's not what this one was, though, right? Yeah, it's Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. Okay, uh, well, no. Okay. Uh, I love the use for the, the real Robin Heads. It's Secret of the Tomb. <laughs> that's cool. Robin Heads unite. Uh, Pete, I'm shocked you didn't pick uh, First Hand Up guy because it's his birthday. Well, it was his birthday? You know, I mean, technically, it's not anymore. But First Hand Up guy. Wasn't first hand up, you know. We had to go with the uh, Yozen, so that's what uh, happened. This is Nat Towson. It is. It is his birthday today, right? Or was it yesterday? I don't know. Maybe is there a way we could? Is, is there a way we could get it from the source? Mm, probably not. Uh, yeah. Well, regardless, happy <laughs> birthday, Nat. We got you at some point a uh, punch in the gut. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I also think Kevin has a clue for us. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Hit us up with the clue, Kevin. In the meantime, 
Wiley types out the clue there. Uh, as we all know, tomorrow is no. Sorry, Wednesday, a new comic book oh, day. Oh, anyway. fuck. What's tomorrow, Alex? What do we do tomorrow? I don't know. Oh, tomorrow's National Sandwich Day. That's the big thing that everybody's yes. concerned about. What sandwiches uh, are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to a nice Italian sub. Oh, man. What hey, do you man. put on your Italian sub? Uh, like, All the uh, I usually meat. like it. Pretty much. I mean, if it's like some pepperoni, some capicola. Not usually a big fan of ham. I don't really need that on there. Provolone, definitely. I always like to get it with a little uh, oil and vinegar. Nice. Maybe a little salt and pepper, lettuce. So decadent. I at least agree with you with the oil and vinegar. Thanks. Uh, And then (laughs) I I hand my uh, daughter some cinnamon raisin bed and I put a slice of ham between it. I'm like, here's your fucking Italian Come on. Grow up, child. These are French Canadian toasts. (laughs) Uh, I, the real uh, Italian sub, I feel like, is capicola, prosciutto, mozzarella. Then you go mm-hmm. with some like uh, red peppers, and then mm. uh, oil, vinegar, and salt and pepper. Wow, like, Pete LePage over here. Yeah, uh, Kevin says part of the clue is hard to type. <laughs> uh, mm. Should we bring Kevin into the stream? Is that what he is asking yeah, let's for it. here? All right, we're gonna wow. bring Kevin into the stream here. <laughs> Bring Kevin in for a clue. So it's yeah. good. It's it's time. <clears throat> All right. We're bringing Kevin in. We're going to figure out what's going on with this before we move on to do comic book day or anything. Um, well, I guess you could start talking about what you're looking forward to. Pete, what are you looking forward to this coming out this week? What are you excited uh, about? I'm looking forward to Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. Great. We'll Sorry, come back to this in a moment. Kevin. Kevin. Bad with Welcome. Light. Uh, Coming at it from a mysterious location. No, it's just a new cam. Uh, Ooh, new camera. You look great. Oh, oh, spooky. Dressed um, as the Joker, I think, yeah. technically. Anyway, a uh, couple things. One, I also want to make sure, because I've given previous hints in the chat, and I don't think they get remembered. Okay. So... Yeah, remind us of those. You all remember, it's four words, one four of which words. is quiz. Yeah, one of four which is words, quiz. One of which is quiz. Yeah. I should be writing And this now, Pete, you once asked me for a hint, and I told you that so far all of the guesses had only earned a white pig. Mm, I know what Steve that means. Steve remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a reference to the old game Mastermind. Oh, okay. I really thought you were going to say Battleship there. <laughs> you have to guess four <laughs> items. And, you know, the dark pig means you get one of the items right and in the right place, right, four colored marbles, uh, as sure, uh, Stray Bullet mentioned. And a white pig means you get one right, but it's in the wrong place. Now, of course, I already gave you one of the words. Quiz. 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 And almost all of the guests so far put it in the last place. Mm, it's not, not the last goes. word. Wow. Another clue I've given is that all four words have an even number of letters. Oh, fuck, man. Uh, now, Kevin... I will add to uh, that... Whoop, one more. I will uh, add to that, quiz is the only four-letter word, and none of them have more than ten letters. Whoa. Holy shit. This is going to require uh, some thinking. Yeah. So, so I get Kevin, the I just want to remind you that this, this started with uh, Pete... 
doing a, a quiz, secret Punisher quiz where the unlocking phrase was, I would like to take the secret Punisher quiz. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, things have changed, Alex. We're in a whole uh, new realm. We've grown. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, Yosin's correct. We have, we're, we got a real Riddler on our hands here. <laughs> and there's nothing more, no more evidence we need than the image of him right below us here. Yes. This color scheme is not based on the Riddler. Yes, but it sort of has, it's similar. It's similar. It's similar. You got some stuff going on. It's a little more Joker, I guess. Yeah, it's a little bit more Joker. So we got some clues. Let's see if folks in the comments and everything can figure them out. Kevin, I'm going to kick you out of here, but you have a good night while we continue to try to unpiece this mystery that's going on here. Um, Cool. Shall we go back to what comics are coming out, Justin? Let's do that. Um, I am looking forward to the upcoming issue of Thor, uh, which is uh, Donny Cates, uh, Thor number nine. Um, I think it Donny Cates. As P, uh, incorrectly referenced in his uh, quiz, his star turn as the host of the quiz portion of the comic book club, Oeuvre. Um, this Thor issue uh, is taking on a bit of the mythology of Thor that has been sort of ignored for many years. And I think it's a really smart take on it. And I'm very excited to see where it's going. Yeah. I'm looking forward to spy Island. Number three from dark horse comics yes. written by uh, Chelsea Kane. It's very funny, very creative. We checked out the first issue of it. It's unlike anything else that is out there and just a super fun um, I'm psyched for people to read it. Uh, it's just an awesome book. And all of those are going to be in our stack podcast, which will come out Wednesday at 9 a.m. as usual, the comic book club feed and the stack feed. So check that out then, even if our regular live show is coming a little bit earlier. Uh, and uh, folks, I think I could be wrong, but I think that's it for the show. That's the Thank show, you so much for coming out on a Monday. We really appreciate that all of you did that. Also, shout out to our guest, Evan Matthews, the yeah. Macroverse. You can check that out on iOS and Android right now. Also, Kenny Keel, Oni Press's Smooth City. Check that out next week. We're going to be back to our regular Tuesday time slot, as long as the Earth and America are still here. Philip Kennedy Johnson talking Last God, Marvel Zombies Resurrection, yes. and much, much more. Also, Nick Roach is going to be here to talk about his new book, Scarenthood, uh, which should be a lot of fun. A couple of other things blog, patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show. Check out Umbrella Pod Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast, which is running regularly every Thursday. Also, Riverdale After Dark, our Riverdale podcast back for one episode so far. Uh, there's a new episode of the feed, so go check that out. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and leave the show. Plus a comment as well if you haven't. We always love the good comments. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, stay safe out there and don't forget to vote. Bye-bye, everybody. We'll see you on the other side. Take care, everybody.